Another episode of Performance Talk. I'm back with my bro up in the kitchen cooking up this Formula One dope for you all. So we're about to deal some things out. We're about to get into some issues, get into some topics, get Thanos' perspective. I also saw, bro, I saw some things going on on your Twitter. So, you know, we can get into that a little bit as well. But how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Like I said earlier, just a bit tired, you know, long day at work today, you know, but it's it's finished so I can... I can wake up if I'm not working going in the office tomorrow so I can wake up at eight fifty nine for work. A little bit a little bit later. A little bit later and get to get to the yeah. office because it's right there. Yeah, not that far. All right. So man, let's let's talk about some things. We're gonna talk about some different things. We're gonna talk about McLaren, of course Ferrari, talk about Mercedes, talk about Red Bull, but not in the same sense that we usually directly talk about them just specifically. We're gonna talk about McLaren a little bit more specifically. I wanna know how you feel about Oscar Piastri in comparison to Sainz and Ricardo at this point in time in the season, what he's done so far. I mean, I did pick that he was probably going to be the standout rookie of the year anyway. It wasn't okay. It wasn't. It wasn't up for debate. I think so far he is. Prior to that, um, them getting that upgrade in, I think it was Austria. He was pretty much somewhat there thereabouts under the radar but i think once okay. they've 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 made that step in terms of the overall performance of the car you've actually now starting to see why he was such a sought after talent and why you know his him deciding to jump ship from alpine to mclaren was the right move for him because he's now starting to perform as we expected him to do he's not you know um right what was it? He qualified. Like five-point finishes? Yeah, and he he was he got that podium in the sprint race in Spa. You're qualified. He pretty much, you know, outshone, you know, um, Lando on that weekend. You know, followed up from Silverstone. You know, showing that Silverstone, his performance in Silverstone wasn't a fluke. Right. Same can be said again in... Um, in Austria, in um, Hungary, but then again, I think they said he had some damage to his car. I think that probably happened when he got shoved off the track by, uh, I think, was it um, Perez? Perez. So he picked up some damage there, and that affected him throughout the race. But you know, since Silverstone, Austria, I'd say he's starting to like display that level. And I think it's and it's. You know, if you compare him to Ricciardo, I, I don't know if we can really compare him to Ricciardo per se because Ricciardo had two full seasons at McLaren. Yes, his last season right. was pretty much embarrassing. Yeah, but yeah that shit was a you wash, remember, bro. <laughs> you have to remember, he, he's the McLaren's last race winner. You know, he won, um, was it Monza in 2021? 20, no, it wasn't Monza. No, I, it was uh, uh was it? I thought it was twenty twenty two. What? No, because he no. got uh Zach Brown ended up getting that tattoo, so it was twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one, but it was. I think Monza. it was twenty twenty one. It wasn't Monza because Gasly. Won no, Monza. I think you. Gasly what was the tattoo Monza. of then? Um, oh god, I'd have to check, but I'm trying to remember which one of the races he actually won. But I'm sure he won a race for McLaren. Yeah, he uh, did. Yeah, um, it's probably it's probably twenty twenty one. 2020, no, 2021, yes. Gasly won. Okay, um, sorry, right, 2021. Gans, Gasly won, uh, yeah, Gasly won Italy 2020, 2020. It was 2021, Ricciardo won, um, won at Monza. Let me, I'm just checking my results. Yeah, so he won one at Monza. But, so I don't think we can really, it's, it's fair to start comparing to Ricciardo as yet because, Okay. Remember, he hasn't prior to this year. He today. This was the first year he sat in the Formula in a car for what two years? Two, two, two years, I think he sat out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He was sitting on the, the sideline with Alpine. Yeah, so he's now starting to get his feet wet, and we're starting to see that you know what this he is. He does have that potential, and in. So I don't. So again, I don't really think we can really compare him to any of the other drivers out there because these guys have you know they've pretty much seasoned signs the Ricciardos they've been there a while so I give him time right. 
we'll start to see. And I think he'll fear, and I think he's going to fear really well against um, Lando because I think that's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah, I think pace wise, he he has shown that he can match him pace wise. I think where he's probably going to need to improve is his race pace. You know, and his race in in that sense, because you know, in the race, Lando is a bit. Lando is as much as much as he's a you know arsehole side of the car. You know, he's somewhat <laughs> ruthless inside of it. So if yeah. he, if there's a move True. there for to go for, he's gonna he's gonna he's go gonna for go it. For and it. He's gonna you know hold his position. We we've seen him numerous times with his battles with Lewis. Um, True. Silverstone this year at. Um, was that Austria a couple of years ago? So, you know, but I think overall, once he's, I think once he gets a season, this season under his belt, because we're starting to see that now. And if McLaren can deliver a more consistent car next year, I think he's going to be there. He'll feel much better against Lando than Ricciardo did. But All right, so let me ask you this then, bro, because yeah. I, I know you had I know you had some opinions about Lando's contract. You felt that Lando probably made a mistake or maybe not the best decision when he signed his extension, I think, to like 2025. In 2022, yeah. I think he extended to 2025. So was it the duration of time in comparison to what his options may be, or was it the fact that he had like a no-release clause, like he couldn't leave if he had a better opportunity? What was it so much that you had a problem with, and do you still think that that's valid now, seeing what you possibly could see McLaren doing with acquiring Piastri and maybe in the next season? My issue with the Lander contract was I think he was too it was too hastily, hasty of okay. a decision to make. He probably could have held off because I think he still had a year left on his contract when he signed the deal. So he could have just held off and just see what the market was like. Because again, I, my reasoning was what if Lewis had decided he was going to step away at the end of okay. uh, this year, right? Then a seat would be open. And where do you want to be? Do you want to be a cust- in a customer seat or you want to be in a factory seat? So by put by signing that contract so early, he took himself off the board. He's no longer a player. You know what I mean? He sacrificed himself. He's a pawn. Now that sacrificed himself. So he's no longer in play anymore. And I felt if he had held off, he could have waited to see. Because again, what was going to happen? They weren't going to give away C. No one was, there was no pressure from McLaren or anyone outside of McLaren to say, okay, you know, if, you know, Lando, your seat is at jeopardy, who was going to replace him? At that point, he was putting the beat down on Ricciardo already. So, why not just hold off and see what happens? See what kind of car you get from McLaren. If you fail, if it's a good enough car, then you can say, okay, then go. Cool. I'll extend. He could have just said to Zach, you know, Zach. Okay. Let's just hold off a bit. Let's just see. Let's, you know, I've, I'm not in no rush. You get, obviously, you're going to get first refusal. And, you know, let's go down to the final year of the contract and then work from there. See what happens. A factory seat could have come open. I don't know. Granted, it's probably. It was a risk, but he had nothing to lose in doing that. He, was go- he wasn't going to lose anything, so he could have just held off. So I think that, for me, right. that's where my um, overall thinking was that you could have just waited to see what the market was. Because the most, the, 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 what would have been the most, the most sought-after seat would have been Lewis's seat. Correct. And no one knew if Lewis was going to renew his contract even this year. You know what I mean? Lewis still hasn't... Re- yeah, right. we know he's going to do it, but the likelihood right. he could have come out last year and said, you know what? I'm not... Next year, 2023 will be my final year in Formula 1. Do you think then, that this situation with Lewis would have probably yielded for Lando maybe to even increase the amount of money, the bag, if he had waited like you said? Yeah, with but the situation I, with Lewis? Again, not really, because... you know, So you think the did, same money? He would have probably been the same money, because again... Okay. It's not like someone is threatening this seat, and it's not a situation whereby he has a contract. Mercedes has come to him and said, "Yo, here's a potential seat, here's a contract where he can then go back to McLaren and say, McLaren and then Mer- Mercedes has offered me this, where you want to match.' But even if Mercedes Mercedes offered him ten percent less than what McLaren were offering him, I'm get, I'm sure he would have taken a McLaren de- uh, Mercedes deal because it's a factory mm. team. 
where right. you want to be. You don't want to be in a customer team. You want to be a factory driver because they have full more. adaptability. Exactly, and not only that. When the in terms of building the car, everything is in house. They build the the power unit right. and the chassis and everything is in house. McLaren, they get a drawing, they get a specific. I think um, the regulation now mandates where the mounting points for the engines to the chass to the back of the chassis is. So that's mandated. So they know where the the the, the position is going to be. But certain things they can't. You know, they don't have information about, you know, car rigidity, um, the chassis, stiffness, how it works with the power unit attached to it. Does it give you that rigidity that you want okay. and so on? So, you know, a customer, you just get an engine to create, created to you in a race. That you right, so there's no variables for you to change. You know, yeah, you can't you change know, that for yourself. The only right. thing you can, they can really do is they design their own cooling system, and I think they probably design their own exhaust system. But and they chose to stay that way, though. How, how do you feel about McLaren making that move? Because it seemed like at first they were trying to sought after a Honda situation, then it really didn't work out. But it seemed like they were looking to make a move towards works team versus customer team. Do you? And then they kind of settled in and said that we're going to do it being a customer team. Do you think McLaren can do what they say they're going to do being a customer team? No. Which is why Ron Dennis went out and got the Honda deal because he said you're not going to win a championship being a customer team the last customer team to win a formula one championship was red bull uh when they dominated with in the seb era but even back then they weren't de fact they were kind of like de facto the um factory team for renault despite renault having their own team on the grid so they were the last actual customs you can say customer team that won a championship and given what we saw from mercedes in 2014 that Peaked one, Dennis, and like, yeah, we're not going to beat these guys by be, by being a customer. It's just not going to happen. You, I mean, so that's why he went and got the deal. But again, that deal fell through because we all know the whole Alonso GP2 engine sort of thing, and I don't think um um uh, what's it um McLaren wanted to play a ball with Honda so there I think so there was disagreements between both parties and they just call it quits and I felt like had Ron still been in been in power still been at McLaren they would probably still they would have been the Honda um factory team right now and Red Bull would probably be just a customer team so they lost out on that big time and I don't and I can't see a way how they're going to win a championship being a being a customer it's just not gonna happen not okay. with the the might of red bull ferrari and, and mercedes right now it's just i just don't see it happening so, okay so yeah. it's, it's, it's it's done on that um do you think that there's going to be any type of rift between lando and oscar if oscar starts taking podiums off lando uh, again do you see that type of personality trait in Lando if that does happen I mean Lando gives you the impression of someone like he doesn't really care you he know does. what I mean he's always he's always joking and all that but I think he does care how he'll react to someone actually challenging him and start like you suggest you know taking podiums and points off him and whatnot. That's yet to be seen because I don't think he okay. was ever been in that position where he felt he, you know, he was being old class by a teammate. And that's, you know, so until that you cross that bridge, it's kind of hard to, de- to determine how a person is going to deal with that because, again, it's a new situation. It's a situation he's not really familiar with. But it could happen. You know, it could okay. happen. And again, it, it depends on the character of the person. So, if he finds himself in a position where, I, don't, I mean, if he finds him in, himself in a Ricciardo, the last year of his contract sort of position, it's going to hurt him a bit. It's going right. to hurt him a bit because people are going to start to look at like, well, you know me, you know what? We thought you were the guy that, you know, you could right. be the next one, but it's not happening. So right. I think it's, 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 it's possibly could you could find um, some form of friction between him and Piastri, but looking at not, Piastri, as, yeah, I hope not because looking at Piastri as as a character, he doesn't seem the type that you know would 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 react in you know 
put himself in a position where it causes friction. But then again, you know, what you see on the outside is always what's on the inside. You know, True. He, might look, he might look that, you know, that quiet boy sort of, you know, <laughs> out, out, outlook. But outside of that, he's a, beyond that, he's a monster. Might be a monster. Underneath. Right. Yeah, so. so Especially but, you start winning. Winning can kind of change people sometimes. It can make you more of what you are, what exactly. you're not kind of being right now. You're right about that. Exactly. When you put people in new situations and they're familiar with, that's when you you, you test someone's character. That's when you got you find you see the true test of character because how are you going to deal with an unfamiliar situation? Or are you gonna Are you gonna adapt? Or are you gonna fold? Which one is it going to be? So, but in terms of pairing as a driver pairing, I think it's an excellent driver pairing. I think it's up there with, if we, if we're being honest, you know, the strongest, I think the strongest driver lineup still remains Lewis and George. And Russell. Yeah. Followed by, I'd go still say Perez and, um, no, not Perez, Charles and Sainz. Sainz. I'd go to. Three, I'd put Perez and um, Max. And then I'd put Lando and Piastri behind that. I think they're the strongest. And and that's, I guess, I guess in that you're incorporating performance of the car. But let's say we remove the true dominant advantage of the car. Do you still think Max and Perez are a good driver pairing, are a better driver pairing than what you're seeing in Oscar and Lando? Do you still believe that? Because sometimes it seems like Perez is, to me, a good driver pairing is like you should see that second driver in the vicinity or right but next to that lead driver. Yeah. And it seems like Perez is almost being stroll S this season yeah. with I with his gap between Max. I saw a tweet earlier where they were showing the average gaps, finishing gaps between between um, driver pairings. Lewis and George has the, the closest, 6.6. Uh, I think Perez was something like average finishing position behind Max was nearly 12 seconds. And I'm like, I'm like, look, right. But if you're going to look at them, but Perez is quick, but he's not quick enough where you'd put him above the aliens, as I call them. Right. Right. He's, He's definitely in. We all know he's not, he's no match for Max or Lois. Any Facts. day of the week, no day of the week, he's a match for them. I mean, put them in, put swap position and put Lewis in that red ball. Perez oh, will probably bro. be getting the same level of treatment. Probably, if probably not worse. You know what I mean? Okay. So he's just not. He's quick, but he's just not the quick that he that these guys are quick. So okay, uh, you put him. I still put him. If you if you're talking about just driver driver in terms of quickness, obviously we're gonna put Lewis. At, at the front, but if you if you look at the top four teams, I'm gonna put him seven and eight. Between okay. I'm gonna put him a, a, um, ahead of Piastri for now because he has that experience. Okay, and Piastri is pretty much right. new, but I'm not putting putting him ahead of Lando. And if we and, and I, I mean that's fair. If, I think that's fair. And I'm, and I mean and if we're being honest. You probably put Alonso ahead of Perez. I'm about to say I put Alonso. I probably <laughs> put, put Alonso, Alonso before Perez too. Before Perez, so he's in a situation whereby now you know I think he's being flattered by the car. I think the car is what's really flattering him, you know. But he's just not. He's just not that. As the the thing says, you you're not that guy. He's not that guy. Okay. So, but you know he right. saw himself in a very. Comfortable so how do you feel about his contract situation? How do you feel about Perez's contractual situation coming up? What do you what do you what what if what would you see that would make you believe either Perez's situation not that bad, you're gonna stay there, or do you see Perez going somewhere else? Or do you even see Red Bull really because you know Red Bull can say one thing and do another, bro. So do you mm-hmm. really see Red Bull wanting to retain Perez, or do you think Red Bull are right now in the process of looking at how they can go ahead and swap Perez out? Because well, we already de- decided, and we both know they don't want two alpha males there. They don't want that next to Max. So, Paris, do Paris they keep Perez safe. for that or what? Paris he's safe. Is safe. Okay. His seat for next year is pretty much safe. There's no reason for Red Bull to drop him. None. You can't. You can't come up with a, a, a proper reason why you'd say they should drop him for somebody else because he's 
despite his being absolutely piss poor, he's P2 in the championship. You know, I've, Red Bull has never finished 1-2 in a driver's championship before, so they have the opportunity to do that this year. I think his position becomes unattainable when, if the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari turns up next year with a car that can challenge Red Bull, then okay. no, you start, because then what that does is that's going to somewhat expose Max, because Max won't have that rear gunner to protect him, because if if Red Bull, if Mercedes and Ferrari comes with a better package, you expect Lewis and George, Perez, um, Sainz and Carlos and Charles to be finishing ahead of Perez, because these guys, I think, are naturally just, we all know Lewis and George is better than Perez anyway. Charles, Charles is definitely better than Paris. So okay. until he until he gets to a position whereby his results starts to falter so badly that it's it potentially can cost Red Bull a drivers' championship or a constructors' championship. Granted, they're not too keen. Um, they don't really, you know, per se, are bothered about uh, the constructors. But if it starts to cost them um, points and potentially a championship they might be looking to replace him but then the, okay. the next question is with who who have they got Correct. in their driver their driver stable that you could put in that seat who you can say it's better than Perez right now Liam Lawson hmm. I'm not sure um, the, right. uh, the kids, uh, what's it? Uh, you know, they were talking Iwasa. about Colter Hurdle last season with with that whole situation. He gets his yeah, super license. Look, I don't know what that's going to do coming from Indy Carter, NASCAR. I mean, yeah, Indy Carter, them, Formula them, One. I them, don't know if you can really bank them on Indy, that. Them Indy Car boys not going to come over in Formula One and, and right and make a like it's not nah, happening. Right? They're not going. They're not going to do a Montoya. That's not going to happen. We saw Seba- <laughs> we saw Sebastian Bourdais come over. Sebast- Sebastian Bourdais was a multiple Indy Car champion. You know what I mean? came over and he pretty much got dusted by Vettel driving for Toro Rosso at the time. So expecting some dude because you're quick in IndyCar to come over in Formula 1 and be... Nah, Formula 1 is a it's different not realistic. Fish. This is This is a different breed. You're talking about your experience in G-forces in a Formula 1 car you've never... You, you, you didn't think was possible in IndyCar. Because you're talking about an F1 car is probably what? Five six, six, five to six seconds a lot quicker than IndyCar, so you know I don't expect, oh, nah, ignore that them IndyCars, whatever. Right. Okay, all right. Uh, so let's get into this, bro. Let's talk about some FIA situations, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So like we got Lewis last, just getting his penalty with the situation with Perez in Belgium. It's about hmm. right. All right. So five second penalty, two points. In that same weekend, we had Oscar and Sainz. In the corner, both cars had the DNF due to damage, no penalty. I don't even really see an investigation. Yeah. Prior to that, we had Lewis and Russell contact in Spain, and they got issued a warning. Mm-hmm. Then before that, we got Sainz, Australia. He gets five-second penalty and then also gets two points on his super license. But then in that same race, we got Gasly coming back onto the track on slave you wrecking out both alpine cars know anything is this consistently inconsistent and how do you feel about this whole situation you just mentioned my favorite one of my favorite sayings consistently about, about inconsistent Epi. they're consistent the only thing they're consistent on is being inconsistent Cons- being pen- <laughs> look here's the thing the lewis penalty we're all aggrieved that it, it shouldn't have been given a penalty because they were they flat out racing you know it's it's where dry conditions it's not like lewis went for a risky move or anything like that which caused right. a collision then now if he had done if it was a risky risky move then you could understand yeah you pushed your lot there lewis and that but it was clean he didn't force anything whatsoever so they could right. have been you know they could have just like okay recent incident because that's what most people view it as i think the penalty in itself we've seen those penalty these we've seen similar similar penalties being given for similar things so i don't so i think what people you know again 
that's the pro the problem comes with consistency because you've seen similar incidents where it's been penalized and sometimes it's not been penalized so that's where i think right. that's where more the frustration lies because people are like yo the, it's a risk come on man it's a recent incident you basically ruined what was a good battle because you put the penalty and i think i wouldn't i could see with a five second penalty as pissed off as i was i think the penalty points was a bit Harsh. excessive yeah that was a bit excessive because you could have looked looked at, and i think what they penalized they didn't penalize the incident they penalized the outcome because that's why Th i think happened. thank you bro. i think the fact that the fact that perez retired from the race is why the penalized um gave the so added the penalty points to um to laws to, to his license with the signs um piastra thing at the start yes again, now that was a risky move to me yeah, because that was more of a risky move than the Lewis situation. Yeah, because Sainz basically he just dived across the track like no one else was behind him, and it he basically created that whole thing. And I think the reason why again he probably wasn't penalized because they they have this thing where they said um, first lap incidents they're going to be a bit somewhat lenient, which I think is BS. You, Thank you. You can't you can't be that. you can't decide you're going to be arbitrary about incidents because it's the first lap so what everybody's I so mean, damn anxious right <laughs> yeah so what they're, they're still they're, prof they're all professionals and should know to behave on the track so i think in that situation because both of them retired from the race they felt well what's the point in penalizing he's already out the race already so then mm. there you go and again that is another moment of them being inconsistent so i it's just People just want them to be more, cons just want them to be consistent with how they apply the rules across the board. Don't be, right. it should not be ar an arbitrary thing where they feel, yeah, we don't think it. If you're going to, if, you, if you're dealing with it black and white, just deal with it black and white and get it over and done with it. And stop, you know, choosing when you want to apply the rules and then talk about, oh, it's the rules. The, ru the rules are the rules. Right. So, so they should be applied pretty much same every time exactly you shouldn't exactly so if you if you penalize lewis for that incident then you should have penalized signs for it for that and anyone else who finds themselves doing the same thing going forward should be given the same penalty no Correct. questions asked but we just know that's not going to happen yeah i mean we, well, if we see that i mean what well, we had three situations in that same area in australia but Sainz is the only one to get the penalty with Alonso, but you don't give Gasly a penalty with Ocon, two cars completely wrecked out, and then you don't give Logan Sargent his penalty running up the back of DeVries in that same situation. So it was really kind of crazy. So like you said, it's just the only thing that's consistent that is being inconsistent in the exactly. beast. That inconsistent in that, in that situation was really, that was an indictment to me. Yeah, because those, those incidents are far more severe than what happened with the Lois and um, Paris right. situation. Because I j truthfully, I don't think Paris Carter was damaged that badly that they needed to retire him. He pretty much fell out the points and they thought, well, what's the point Just, carrying on? Because he was never I, going to score any he was points. Never going anyway, to get the points back. If he had if he had carried on, he probably would have finished P eighteen or something because he was he was that he became that slow, he had no tires left. So I think they looked at it like, Well, just bring him in and say it's 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 car damage. It's it's a reliability issue. And that's why the penal that's where the penalty comes in. But look, I've been watching this a long time, and as they're pissed, I've, I shouldn't be pissed off at them doing these things, but because we we're used to, used to them, but it's just gonna keep on happening. I don't expect. And okay. another thing that um, I think is a problem is they have part-time stewards. That's what I was so, about to ask you. How do you so, fix it? Okay. Exactly. So you're traveling around the world with part-time stewards who are um, different stewards every other race weekend. And I think I get understand why you'd want to change the stewards um, occasionally because you don't want familiarity. What's the saying? Familiarity, familiarity. be contempt. Right. You know what I mean? You, want, you don't want people to get to, you know familiar with how this steward operates and you then you think yeah okay i know if i do He's this i'm gonna defer. get pe penalized and so on so i can understand why sometimes they'd want to you know they, they rotate the stewards but i think there should be one person at least one person there who is a permanent steward okay then you, one can, head then you steward. can bring yeah so you have one guy who's there permanently and i'm sure they have debriefs 
or pre-race events um, discussions where they talk about if this X scenario happens, how are we going to deal with it and so on and so on. But, but can those meetings really be working if we still seeing what we see in, in some of the most simplistic situations? Because I think some of these events that we're talking about right now that we're specifically talking about right now, these are simple events. I mean, more than halfway alongside, like you said, if it's not an aggressive move and then yet we get another situation that seems more egregious than that. But then there's no penalty. So some, it's likely these meetings are not really working. Well, true, because, again, it's it's you talk you're relying on individuals to make decision and you know sometimes in bias and again emotions get get involved not everyone is going to be by the book you know just go out it says it's black and white so this is what we're going to do so it's to be expected that these things will happen and if it wasn't so frequent then it wouldn't be a problem but it's the okay. frequency of it that's that's I think that's the problem. So if if you you know if it happens once in a while where they let someone off, then you could understand. But if it's a regular, you know, it creates it. That's where it creates a problem. But I def- they right. definitely they should there definitely should be someone at least one main driver stewards there for the whole entire season. But then you you also then you have to remember it's I don't think it's a paid job. You know, what I mean, it's it's it's, it's yeah, a volunteer. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it's that. a volunteered sort of thing, so they're probably more likely just get um, travel expenses and reimbursements and that. Food, about, yeah, that's about food, it. right? So, yeah, so they don't situation. get a salary, you know. But and again, for a professional sport that generates so much in revenue, why can't you afford to pay drivers uh, a full-time driver stewards? You know, what I mean, for real. If you have a full-time risk director then you should have a full-time driver stewards because, you know, these decisions have, you know, impact outcome. And you have to remember, points cost is, points is money. And, you know, um, say for instance, Williams back in the day, uh, at one point, Williams scoring one point could works out to be them getting an extra 10 million from the pot. So points is money. So you have to, you know, you want someone who's, going to be there all the time and just try and get the rules followed more consistently we can understand you love the odd cock up here and there but don't make it a a regular thing and you and you know what happened in spa in that sprint race it just ruined the whole thing and and if you follow the rules based on what the new guidelines are for overtaking lewis didn't do anything wrong because it says you need to it says you need to have at least more than a more than half your car alongside the car you're overtaking, which then right, means you incident. can claim you can claim the corner. You know what I mean? Facts. So you're, both you, drivers you, have you, equal right to the apex. Yeah, yeah. So if if you're on the inside and you've got your and it's a right hander coming up and you've got the you're you're pretty much front axle to front axle level, the corner is yours. Perez basically lost the corner because it's coming up to a it's a right hander. So he was more likely his um his turning would have been more steep. Yes, Lewis would have been more acute, but he but he had a, he had that corner beat. It was his corner. Right. So based on the rules, there it shouldn't have been a penalty. But again, they they, self, they themselves go against their own rule. It, what they put out there and said, okay, these are the guidelines, and they ignore the guidelines and still issue the penalty. And again, you're not being consistent with how you're applying it. All right, so let, we could talk about the FIA all damn day, really, with yeah. with some of this shit. Even especially if we go back to 2021, that was egregious as hell. But let's let's move to somebody that I'd like to bring up to the forefront as far as wondering what's going to happen with his career, wondering what's going to happen as far as him being a Formula One driver. I want to talk about Mick Schumacher real quick because I think his situation is a bit a bit different than anybody else's. I think it's a typical situation that we got with LeBron, like what's Bronny going to do? You know, we had with Ken Griffey, what's Ken Griffey Jr. going to do? We had Gary Payton, what's Payton Jr. going to do? Mick sits in a very funny situation because not only is it his dad, but it's also his uncle. You also got Ralph Schumacher who was in who wasn't, a champion like Michael, but he wasn't the worst Formula One driver. Yet He's Mick won hasn't. Races. He won races. Right, he there. You go. He won races. Mick has not even eclipsed that. So, 
what do you think Nick's future is? Is he going to be a reserve driver for a career? Is he going to, at some point in time, earn merit and be a star driver? Or is he going to be a journeyman, Nico Hulkenberg type driver? What do you see for Mick in the future? Well, one, I'm, I'm kind of, my prediction came didn't come to, to fruition because I thought Mick what was, was that? destined to drive for Ferrari. I thought, I thought okay. the moment, I've, I've always said the moment the doctor said it's a boy, his name was signed on the contract to drive for Ferrari, but it doesn't, look, it doesn't doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. No, I mean, <laughs> mixed situation is a is a, like you said, it's a funny one because right now, being with Merce, in the Mercedes setup, I think it's beneficial for him because okay, it how so? Total, because again, it's Mercedes that you have the okay. mighty Mercedes behind you, so they they'll do whatever they can to get you a seat. Because remember, even when Ocon was in the Mercedes fold. Toto Wolff did everything. He pretty much they stayed that agreed to sign him to Renault. Until did he drive for Renault? No, because I think he had to sit out a year. I can't remember. I think yeah, he sat, he sat out a year, and I think he got the drive for Renault, and then Ricciardo came available, and Ricciardo then they changed their mind because I think Toto Wolff said there was an agreement between. Total Wolf and Abitarol, I think that's how he pronounced his name, for Ocon to go to Renault. They kind of like loan him. It's a similar situation to like how Red Bull, Red Bull loan Alburn to Will Williams. So Mick yeah. right now is in a position whereby he can learn from the great. He can learn from the greatest. He has Lewis as somebody who can who he can pick his brain, learn things from, see the things he does with a car, you know, Lewis's data in the simulator and can't try and just, he just have to sit and bide his time and just hope that Toto can work his magic and get him somewhere on the grid. I know a lot of people say, you know, he's not that great. He's not that great, but I mean, there are many not great drivers on the grid right now. Logan Sargent Point. is still on the grid. I still maintain... <laughs> The hype around Yuki, it's never been fulfilled. You know, he came in and he had a good start to, was it 2021? And then, I mean, how many um, performances from Yuki you can look up and said, yeah, he literally lit up the place and he, he drove. There's not many. Yeah, so he hasn't really pulled right. up any tree since he came in. So make, make, I think if you get, I think, Given if he given another another opportunity, he might do a whole lot better than he did at Haas. I think the Haas situation just wasn't um, a good environment for him. Because sometimes okay. you can be you can be the best driver in the world, and sometimes and the environment you in is just not the right place for you. And it doesn't allow you to even perform to your to your full potential. So right now, even with that said, do you think Haas made the right decision cutting ties with Mick? Or do you think? You I mean, think, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you that. Do you think Haas made the right decision cutting ties with Mick? I mean, if you look at where oh Hulkenberg is performing right now, because where is he? Where is Hulkenberg in the standings? Let me just let me just check quickly. Shit, probably eight. Uh, what eighteen? No, he's Hulkenberg's. I mean, he's 14th. He has, what, nine points. He has more points than Kevin Magnussen. Yeah, K-Mac was Magnuson supposed to be that dude points. coming into the season, though. Exactly. So when you look, <laughs> so if, you look at, if you're looking at it from a point-scoring point of view, they made the right decision in, in, in getting rid of Mick because last year Mick scored what? Uh, was, it, was it eight? 12. He scored 12, 12. points last. Mick, um, he had a, he, yeah, he scored back, in Silverstone and Austria, he scored combined 12 points for the season, which was compared to Kevin Magnussen, who scored 25. So now the now the situation um, so it's um, flipped now. Yeah, and Olkenberg is only right. three points off what Mick scored last year, with still yeah. another 10 races to go. So the very likely only got he two. could support. Yeah, he could surpass that. Milk um, didn't Hulkenberg qualify on pole? I think he did. I can't even. Okay, so, but you know what? Point. That's interesting you say that, Thanos. So let me ask you this, because we're talking about 12 points last season, right? Mm -hmm. Their whole thing was to get rid of Mick, keep K-Mag, who they thought was going to be on fire, bring Nico in. So still looking at that, if you had Mick's 
let's say Mick was still able to collect eight, ten points. Hulkenberg has his points. Is that not a better setup than they currently have with K-Mag only collecting two points? Maybe did they did they try their luck a little bit too much on K-Mag? Because K-Mag was already kind of a question mark, like an if sign coming in. They really didn't know, but they brought him back. I think we were all kind of surprised, like, damn, they got K-Mag back. So still looking at what we see, what we know right now, because I know it would have been hard to tell the future then, and you're right. Looking at what Mick did and how he ripped up cars and he wrecked up the cost cap a bit, I can see that. But looking at what we know now, would it not have been better to have Mick collecting eight to ten points if he still would have been able to do that, of course, and have Nico contribute that? Yeah, but then the problem is he's collecting those eight to ten points while also racking up, racking up the cars, <laughs> expensive repair bills. So he's kind of like he's kind of like paying for, paying for the, the repairs by collecting points. So oh, I think shit. when you look True. at it, I think that's the reason why they probably more than anything is why they got rid of him. I do too because he yeah. he, he, he had far too many accidents. Right. And when you're in a car scap period, that does take a toll on your repair bills right because you know they pro- they probably budgeted maybe like a million pounds for parts for the whole entire year and you're running through that bill because like he, he had some hefty crashes especially i mean the one didn't he crash in um 2021 we had that in crash in Jeddah, right. which Told basically up. brought the car in two and all of that so he right. i think so they i think they got they let him go because of the amount of crashes he had. But I think, again, at the same time, they didn't, they could have kept him and used that Schumacher name to generate revenue and, and just use that to, okay. to, uh, as a play. But if you're looking at um, Hulkenberg's performance so far, because I thought when this, I heard they were bringing him back, I was like, why would you bring a dude out of retirement at his age? for and just get what might you might as well have just kept making just work with him and you know you know groom him just and help him to iron out those kinks but if you look at his performances so far i mean it's not that bad it's not okay. that bad and in some ways it got you kind of saying yeah it's just that they, they are justified in why they've they brought him back yes you know the points wise he's nine he's they, they've they're what so they're basically 14 points behind where they were um, where they finished last year in, in the table so you currently know, that's, Mick, Mick, just, Mick was just a, a, a consequence of his own actions that's what it was okay. him just crashing because I think if he hadn't crashed so much they probably would have kept him on because you know he had he like I said in Austria and Silverstone he showed he scored good points for them so but right now where he is in the, being under the Mercedes umbrella again, where his dad actually started his racing career, because people actually thought it was, people forgot that Mercedes fun, somewhat part funded Schumacher to get into Formula One. Right. Some people forgot that. So there's history there. So you know where he is right now. He just has to try and absorb and learn as much as he can. Because who are you going to learn? Who are you going to learn more? Yeah. Who's the, who's the better teacher? Who's the, who you want to have a teacher right now? Lewis Hamilton. So you're there. So you, 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 you take advantage of that. And I think they're going, I think Toto's going to try and get him a seat. Because I think, you know, that Williams seat def- deserves better than Logan Sargent. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it deserves better than Log- Logan hey, I Sargent. I agree, bro. I completely yes. agree. <laughs> So I think, I, so I think what Toto is gonna do is, you know, James Vols used to work at Mercedes. He's probably gonna like, all right, James, you know what? If you put Mick in the seat, we give you a discount on your power units for the year. So if rather he pays twenty mil for the old for the year, pays fifteen, and we pay Mick the other five, mm. or we pay Mick, you know, the difference right. for his salary. So you know, so I think that it's very likely he might get a seat at Williams okay. next year. I, I don't know. I just don't see. Sergeant is not that guy. That Man, he's not. For. He is. I don't know if you got to see in the first place. They were Yo, you and me both, bro. He is not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like there that Captain America nickname is not earned, bro. No. <laughs> not at all. Uh, all right, so let's let's move in. Let's move into this. Let's move into Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari. Ferrari just of recently, and you even said this before, even in regards to Mercedes. Mercedes admitted it at some point in time in the season, Toto, everybody, hey, we, we, we made the wrong decision. 
We're going to move in a different direction. Uh, we can't fully have a complete B-spec. We're going to change as much as we can. And they have seen some positive results from making that change and admitting yeah. that they made a mistake. Although a lot of people are hung up on the fact that Lewis Hamilton and Sam Mercedes don't make mistakes. You know, they're always going to be hung up on whatever they can say about yeah. about Lewis, you know, unfairly and unjustly because he is what he is. He's a black man on the grid. He's the best, and it's always going to be a target on his back. But Ferrari seems like now that they've set a long goal. And it seems like to me they're telling their fans, like, don't expect anything till 2026. How do you feel about Ferrari's readjustment as of late? Like, maybe they looked in the mirror and said, you know what, we fucked up. <laughs> like, we, we've been fucking up, and it's going to take us a while to fix it. Do you think I this is going to be till 2026 we see Ferrari really be competitive? Because, bro, they tumbling right now. Man, I mean, Ferrari's been messing up since 2000, since God 2008. Damn, I mean, I mean, there's no, I don't know why only now they're going to start saying, oh, we've messed up. They've been messing up for, for since, for the best part was 16 years. They're not going to change. Years. No. The Ferrari situation, I still don't think, I still think they don't think there's anything wrong with the car. You do. I genuinely, no, I genuinely believe they don't think there's anything wrong. I, I genuinely believe that they th still think they can salvage it, and they're gonna try their best at, at salvage it. They're being somewhat reluctant to mm. explore different avenues. Yeah, because yeah, the car looks quick over a lap, but a race is more than one lap. One lap, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Right. It's it's all well and good. It looks quick, but then when you get into a race and you start eating your ties and on all of these things, and you realize, yeah, you're still not there. Because if you look at it, they've had they only have three podiums this year, and it so happens. Oh, where where did those three podiums come? When they had right, the we talked about the sprint races. races. Yeah, that, that's where the, all the podiums coming from came from this year. It's the sprint races, and they don't look like a team that they. They they get in any closer to for for um to Red Bull. Well, no one looks like they're getting really close to Red Bull at at present. But no, Ferrari, the Ferrari situation is it's just Ferrari being Ferrari. I don't think there's much they're gonna they're gonna try as hard as they can, but they're gonna find somewhere messing it up. I don't see them 2026. 2026 is the new power unit regulations and the new. I think they're going to come in with new era regulations as well. New car. I think they're going right. to uh, move a bit aerodynamics and all these things, whatever they're coming up with. Are we going to trust Ferrari to get it right then? If you can't trust them, they've not gotten it. They didn't get it right in 2009. They didn't get it right in 2014. They they somewhat got it right in 17 and 18, but then they had a team that imploded on itself. Resulted in them start cheating with the with the 2019 power unit, right. and they've you know fell backwards 2020 2021. They they started last year looking great, but then again Ferrari's like they're a the 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 logo is a stallion, but that stallion has asthma, man. That stallion car run more than 10 10 meters before it starts. The <laughs> Gospel here because it's, 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 you it's, for that it's it yeah that stalin has asthma and that's pretty much why <laughs> well you saw they ran out of steam they couldn't they can't maintain yes charles made some boat charles had a bozo oh. moment in um in france but if you right. look at it in in actuality even if he didn't have that bozo moment ferrari weren't going to win the championship because they just they didn't they, they, they can't seem to maintain a full push over the full length of a season, there's gonna because you just get know that you expect them to start well. It's pretty much somewhat the norm. It, Ferrari will start well on average, but you you do know, yeah. Uh, don't pay them no mind. That's no, that's, okay. just, that's what they, that's what they do every year. They're gonna come good at the start, but by mid season you're gonna see they them be flat. Yeah, they'd be flat and they'd be like, they start scratching their head like, oh, what happened? We started the season so well and now what's going on? Why are we falling back in pit? It's just them. So thinking 2026, they can somehow turn up with something and be like, no, that's... Mm -mm. I'd rather put, I put my money on McLaren being a better 
coming up with a better package in 2026 than Ferrari right now. Brett, that was so, going to be my next question. So since you said it, let's get to this. Let's go ahead and let me get to it. So do you think McLaren gets stronger as this season continues after they kind of made this turn with their developments and their updates? Or do you think they have an Aston S like second portion of the season where they got this height and the next thing you know, we just see them kind of falling off. What do you think is going to happen with McLaren by the end of the season? Well, I mean, in spa, we pretty much saw them kind of like went backwards. You know what I mean? They had, they look, they look good in the, in the, the way conditions, but Lando, yeah, he had a barn door in the back of his car, but I don't think they had that the pace that weekend what's at, at all. You know, no matter what they did, they just wouldn't. They just didn't have the pace. So, could it could it be that the three performances we saw from Austria to um, Hungary was more track specific? Mm. It's possible, and it's also possible that they've actually made some improvements. But it's kind of odd. You know, they say all the numbers say they've improved, but Lando pretty much saying the car is still bad. It's, it doesn't feel any different. Somewhat, it somewhat doesn't feel any different to him. It still right. feels, feels bad. So how are they going to, how are they going to go the second? Cause this is where it, it tells the second half of the season where it's going to tell, you know, our team's going to continually develop, continue to develop throughout the, re- throughout the year. We don't know. It's very possible, but I'm, but I'm still, I'm still on the fence with where with McLaren. Yes, they've made a turn, turn, but is it a, is it a, a, a turn that's gonna, right. like you say, for long term, or is it, it was just a turn that just, for now, looked good, but eventually you're gonna see them. It's just gonna settle, settle down, and they're gonna fall okay. back in the pack where they're gonna find themselves in a situation where they know they're competing with Alpine rather than to be competing with Mercedes, Ferrari, or Aston. So okay. That, you know, so it's still, it's still, I know people say, you know, I've seen people tweet that they've now leapfrogged Mercedes because they're all poor. <laughs> and I'm like, Bro, I do not believe that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, come on, let's, let's, because if, if, the, if the argument, because the argument that people use is, well, they beat them in Austria and they beat them in Silverstone and whatnot. So I said, well, if, that's the argument you're using to say they've leapfrogged Mercedes. So then Mercedes beat them in Spa. Are you going to say Mercedes are back ahead of them now or whatnot? So right. We we don't know. It's it's McLaren thing is a funny one. It's a funny one. Like because like I say, yes, it was three different tracks that that performed somewhat well at. But let's see how they carry on for the second half of the season when you know more development comes in because what we saw, what we've seen so far is when teams bring any form of development, they've made some sort of jump in performance. We saw this, we saw it with Ferrari, we saw it with Mercedes, we saw it with Aston, even Red Bull. So, and we've seen that with, um, McLaren. And you, somehow you have to give McLaren credit because, you know, they were coming from the back of the grid. Yeah. They was looking, since the delivery launch, they was bad. Yeah, cause, but then you have to remember when they did the launch, they pretty much said the car that the launch wasn't the car they wanted to start the season with. Right. So, so there was a, they said there was something like they were behind on, in development. So I guess they were, you know, they so were what telling we the truth. in Austria. Yeah, what we saw in Austria and Silverstone was probably what they wanted to uh, That's the configuration they wanted the car to start in. But I don't know. They fell behind in how they managed that to happen. I, I don't know. But, right. So we'll see, we'll see more. But you, but for now, I think I'm. You have to be impressed with the turnaround that they've made because they've. I, I think it's fair to say they've leapfrogged Alpine. That much yeah. we can say. We can say they've now made a step and they're ahead of Alpine in the pecking order. Are they ahead of Aston outright, Ferrari, Mercedes? Nah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't. You not. You're not gonna go that far. No. Nah, because right now, what nah. they are. They, yeah, they're good. Yeah, bro, they're good. Damn. Yeah, they're ways off. They're, they're, they're ways off I think they're what? They're, they're what? I mean, Ferrari um, at 190, 191, and they're at 103. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, they're somewhere off, somewhere off P2. So, I think that they probably find themselves in the fight for uh, three and four in the championship. Okay. Because they've definitely, was it? Yeah, they've pretty much, what's that? In the last, because in the last from 
Austria to um, Belgium, they've scored what? 58, uh, 60, 86 points they've scored in across those four races. Oh, yeah, and McLaren think, together. Yeah, yeah, and if you look at the numbers, that's pretty much um, second, third to only Red Bull, um, Mercedes, Red Bull and Mercedes. Because Red Bull scored something like from, if you're going from Austria, shit, nearly 200 points. Right. <laughs> actually, actually, what, what McLaren has scored is more than Mercedes. Was that two, four, six, 69, 70, 80 points? So I think they scored, scored Mercedes by six points from Austria until now. So, and that's that's and that that stretch basically saw put them ahead of Alpine now in the standings in which is why now you can pretty much say yeah I think they're they're definitely ahead of Alpine in the pecking order how so, you feel but, if McLaren jump Ferrari by the end of the season then it would just be a Ferrari thing wouldn't it it's just right. a Ferrari thing <laughs> they, I'm not shocked <laughs> yeah that they get get jumped by by McLaren get, because right now Ferraris and Ferraris are is in shambles. I, I, I think there's. Would you go so far to say it's re, nearing rebuild? How many times are they going to try and rebuild? Goddamn. Because I mean they've been trying, they've been rebuilding since, like I said, since 2008. They've been rebuilding. How many team principals have they gone through? Oh yes, since yeah. 2008. You know, and nothing's changed. And I don't, and I don't think it's a question of them lacking the people, the the, the people with the know-how. I think there's the culture within the team. We've made we've that's had what you've said before, you know that there's a culture of somewhat a fear. There's a sort of a fear culture within that team, where because if if things don't go right, someone is immediately fired, and people are just so on edge. And scared, and that that's not a good environment to work in. You you're not allowed you're not allowed to fail because if you fail, you're just gonna you're gonna lose your job immediately. You know what Formula One is. That's not right. You know, there's nothing guaranteed. So the whole entire culture in Ferrari needs probably needs changing, and and it's never been the same since the last of the four horse, horsemen, which was um, Braun. Braun, was it Michael, Braun, Todd, and De Montezello, De Montezemolo, because he was the last one to leave Ferrari, Luca. And since they've, since that's gone, it, there's no no sense of leadership. You know, I think the board, the, the people at Fiat are still intervening in how okay. the team is run. And I don't think... I don't think Fred Vassour really has the power within Thank that you. team. Right. I think Thank he's you. still he's still sure you you know you have still. a board to answer to, but I think his hand is tied in certain things. Mm-hmm. It's still somewhat final decisions are being made by John. I say John Elkin, that's his name, and and the rest of the board at Fiat uh, or Ferrari, whichever, because Fiat's the parent company for them. So, but, okay. I don't. I, I mean, like I said, my thing, as I've always said about Ferrari, I don't really. Ex- my expectation of Ferrari is no expectation at all. If they at do all. something good, if they do something good. You go, all right, cool. You give them a, give you a pat on the back, but they do something bad. You like, mm, okay, yeah, Ferrari, shit happens. You know what I mean? You, right. you know, exactly. <laughs> it's normal. That's you normal can, operation. Can, <laughs> yeah, you can expect them to to again, expect them to be inconsistent. Okay. So let's let's do this. Let's hit this one real quick. Let's let's talk about. I've I've said I've done even done a video. I've told people it's it's hard for anybody to go on over a five street championship run. Okay, Vettel's four, Schumacher what five on his street. He's on the one street. to do it five times. Right, and then and Max you know robbed us. <laughs> and then so what? What do we people? I keep trying to say for Max to even get one outside of Lewis at seven. He's got to go on a streak all the way to 2026, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I really don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah. even if it does, he's still one short. And then you got a regulation change. You got four coming in the power units. I try to tell people it's not as easy as you think it is to go on a streak. Lewis didn't go on a streak. He got anywhere. Even Schumacher, you got two to four seasons where they went winless. They didn't win championships. 
What do you foresee as far as even though this car is dominant, I still don't say that the percentages say it's that easy. You still got to eclipse Vettel at four. You know what I'm saying? What was that? You still got to do that. Yeah. 2010, 2013 or something. So what do you think about that? Yeah. I don't see – I look, I've – People call me delusion. They say I'm on the Mercedes payroll. You know, you know the usual names I get calling right. because I, I have belief in the team, and I think I don't see Max winning five straight because that would take him up to the start of the new regulation in 2026. Two you years know, so outside his contract you, expiration, too. Yeah, yeah. Was in 2028, his contract yeah. expires. Yeah. Right. So he would have. So he would have cleaned up everything in this way. I. I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening because even with. Pardon me. Vettel's run to four. He could have lost two of those championships. Easily, mm. he could have lost the 2010 championship. You know, what I mean, granted, he only led the championship <laughs> when he crossed the line. The only time he led 2020, the 2010 championship was when he crossed the finishing line in Abu Dhabi. It was the only time he led it. But he he could have lost 2012. 2013, he probably could have lost 2013 had teams decided they wanted to carry on the, de- the development race throughout that year. But once the summer break came in, people just went, screw it. What's the point? And he just went on that nine race winning winning streak. So I don't see I genuinely and even when you go back and look at Michael Schumacher's um run of five, there was he could have lost um the two thousand and three championship, he probably should have lost. Um was it four? He was he, which ones he dominated? Uh Who, two, Schumacher? Two thousand and two. He... Yeah, he dominated two thousand and two yeah, and two thousand and four. Yeah. Two thousand and 2003 championships were were close battles that he could have he could have lost so i don't i don't see uh, foresee a situation where mike max is just gonna cruise the five championship like at some point he's gonna mercedes is gonna turn up <coughs> ferrari oh god <laughs> ferrari might turn up might. <laughs> i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say they're gonna turn up as uh, they might, might. They might turn up, and if the turner might turn up for a half a season, and then that donkey asthma kicks in, and then they just run out of breath, <laughs> run out of vent. Yeah, yeah that, you know what I mean. There's so there's so so much ventilating you can take for that for, to help them out. So, but I I've said on I've said on here. I think I think next year Mercedes will be a challenger for Red Bull. I know okay. people say it's it's a phantom dream, and you know the Red Bull has extra performance in hand and whatnot. But I, I look at it like law of diminishing returns. They're at a position point now whereby they're closer to the peak level of performance than anybody else. So their gains are minimal. Because you mm. saw McLaren make jump, what, a second and a half mm. in in space of copper races by bringing a, a new package. And you've t- and because it's you, you move to a new concept, you're consistently finding gains. Whereby if you've already got a concept that's pretty much well-refined, you're not going to find huge gains. You're going to find minimal amount. It's similar to like um, uh, the Mercedes power unit. When Mercedes started in 2014, they got the jump on everybody. So their power unit was the best. But over time, they started to fall back to to everybody else with the exception of probably Alpine. They start falling back because... The gains they were finding were less because the regulations were pretty much stable. So there's there's only so much power they can get from the um, the, the 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 ice itself. The the Ur's unit was capped at the amount of power that it can deliver anyway and for how long. So that was pretty much capped. There's, there's not much they can do. So they had to find ways. So they had to you know improve reliability, improve cooling of the the, the Ur's and so on. That might give you a bit more boost or something. So they had to find ways. So this, so their gains would start minimal compared to like Honda, who's from coming from the back. So they can be finding like, I don't know, Honda could be finding 50 bhp over a winter or 100, where Mercedes probably found 10. So that so they say it's nine to one in terms of performance gain. So that's why I think it's going to happen here when you look at the Red Bull situation. Theoretically, okay. I'm I'm going so I'm. I'm 
I've put, I've already put my neck on the block already and said, yeah, I think from the get-go, Mercedes will be challenging Red Bull next year. And I think okay. it's going to be a different... It won't be a cakewalk for Max. And I think once the Mercedes, the Mercedes gets up there, it's going to be difficult because now he's dealing with two... He's dealing with two very good drivers. It's not just one anymore. He's going to have to go up That's against Lewis and George. And George right. has already shown that... He's yeah, he won't to play with. Right, I mean, he's he don't he's care about Max name and his crime. Yeah, yeah. Once he once he finds himself in a position, if he feels like he's got he has an opportunity to make a move, he's gonna go for it. George is as ruthless as they come. We've seen it from him. I know right now he's not on everybody in everybody's good book. Yeah, he ain't over on his good side, right? <laughs> yeah, for me right now, I don't really, I don't really care. I just, I see all the talk about George and what I like. Look, I just view George as another teammate that's there to get slaps, get his ass slapped by Lewis, and that's all I see. I don't have the time to be drawn into the things he says and does. And like, right. It's just another teammate that's gonna get his ass beat. And that's all that matters. But next year, watch Mercedes turn up to the show from the get-go, and they'll be right there. But Max winning five in a row, it's possible. You ain't seeing it. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as all um, it's be, people are trying to portray it. Okay. Don't think that's going to happen. Because that advantage, there's no way that advantage can last that long. Mercedes pole unit advantage didn't last that long because by the time they got to 20, 20, 2017, the Ferrari was pretty much there with them. Okay. So, Okay. All right. Hey, brother, man, you know, I always appreciate you pulling up, man, chopping it up, having these conversations, man. Uh, perspective is real Real is rare man And you stay hydrating too man You stay hydrating you, I, I like it man Trying to be on the healthy side So I hope We didn't keep you too long I know you, you're up On that side <laughs> So We're gonna try to see What the season uh, they, they start back next week uh, So let's yeah. um, Let's see if we can't chop it up Next week sometime man And get with you on that And, and see what we got going on bro So I definitely appreciate yeah, man, you man So just hold tight Yeah like I said man I'm free um, Just hit me up anytime And I'll let you know what, 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 if I'm free. I mean, for the last couple of weeks, I it's been kind of hectic because we're implementing some new software. So I got did, you. No, my department. But it, it, the, the software was basically for my department to help with my job. So we had to be doing a lot of data migration, manipulation, and also medicine. Now it's finally gone live, and it it's a whole other thing. Smoothly. Yeah, right. I'm good now. So. All right. Let's so listen, everybody, this. I appreciate you all joining us. Me and Thanos about to kick it on the back end. Uh, you already know if you're not in the live chats because you're not in. If you want to be in, get VIP. Members, Wolfpack members, we will have a grudge race this Sunday. Esports F123 platform. So y'all be ready for that. And we'll be live again before the end of the week. And, of course, you know next week we're going to be live, especially for Finale Lap. So everybody else, we're about to get out of here. Appreciate everybody joining us. It's Wolfpack Thanos. Don't forget to hit him up on Twitter. And we out. All right. Peace. Thanks for watching another episode of Wolfpack Performance. Don't forget to check out some of my other content on Formula One and motorsports topics. Like, share, subscribe, and we go live on the weekends. See you soon.